0: Welcome to All About Ours, QPR's one and only official club podcast. I'm Simon Cheshire and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Andy Sinton as we reflect on what has been a busy month for the Super Hoops both on and off the field. From five games in three weeks to now looking ahead to the World Cup, me and Andy sit down and discuss it all right here. Andy, welcome back. Here we are at Loftus Road. It's been a, quite a tough month, hasn't it, in terms of results, but we're at a period now of reflection and, of course, the World Cup coming up always is a bit of an excitement. We're A podcast here that we're going to reflect over all those different things, but
1: first of all, how are we? I'm very good. Uh, really good, in fact. Um, yeah, just getting my head around this enforced break, World Cup, in the middle of the season, which has never happened before, but haven't really paid too much attention to it um, because of the... QBR and the Championship, but now it's here, so uh, yeah, lots to discuss.
0: Certainly a a weird period, the nights are getting shorter, it's getting darker (laughs) earlier, and football should be at the the prime of times, isn't it? But here we are, We were a big break upon us.
1: Really strange, you know, uh, when when they announce the World Cup and it's going to be a mid-season break, you know, you're never quite sure how it's going to pan out. Uh, how it's going to work for, for any team, you know, there's that debate, you know, if, you, if you're going well, if you're informed you want the break, if you're not informed that you need the break, you know, it doesn't really matter because you're getting a break. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's a case of uh, let's get ready for it. I love the World Cup, you know, uh, I did my programme notes for the last game and sort of thought back to when I was a kid growing up in Newcastle, you know, of, um, earliest memories were the 74 World Cup. West Germany, but the great team of Holland, Johan Cruyff, you know, um, those sort of players. Uh, 78 when Holland missed out again to, to Argentina, Mario Kempis, you know, you've got 82 when Italy, Paolo Rossi, uh, 86 Maradona pretty much won it on his own, you know, I could go on and on, but the World Cup for me is brilliant. Uh, some brilliant memories growing up as a, as a very young lad, dreaming about being a Dreaming about being a professional footballer and possibly playing in the World Cup, which I never got the chance to. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it.
0: Before we go too in depth about the World Cup, we'll come to that. Should we reflect on QPR and what has been fair to say a very tough few games, last few games before this break? We last spoke head of we would prepare for the trip to Birmingham City yeah. up to the Midlands and. <clears throat> we were full of confidence full of optimism and it's been a bit up and down but predominantly down hasn't it in the last few weeks
1: yeah and i think we should hide behind the fact you know in terms of results and performances um, there's been not what we wanted not what we expected not what we've seen in the, in the in the early few months um but it just shows you the nature of the championship if you have a bad week it can it can really affect you now if I hop back to when we last spoke, you know we we had the f- unbelievable win and performance uh, against Cardiff with all the speculation that was going around regarding Mick. Um, I left that ground. Not sure if we still had Mick as head coach or not. The next morning, announces we've still got him. Brilliant. We come against Wigan. Didn't play particularly well, but found a way to win the game. Um, you know, and uh, you see the players. Walking round after after the game after the final whistle, you have know, full house. Optimism was really high. We're riding high on the table, um, and yet within two weeks, that's all it's been. Two weeks you go from the Wigan game to the the Birmingham game on a Friday night. You have that have that bad week uh, and bad two weeks in terms of points return from the games and performances. And all of a sudden, I wouldn't say there's doom and gloom, but football's a very uh, the nature of football you can be up and down uh, but if as we're discussing if we if we take real reflection we're seventh in the table um, you know until the last two weeks I think we've been really really good and I think no one would disagree with that but the last two weeks has uh, has put us on a little bit of a down we wanted to go into the break on a high uh, we haven't but maybe the break for us comes at a good time so I'm sure we'll go a bit more in depth but you know two weeks is uh, Two weeks has really uh, put a downer on what has been an exciting and a really good season so far. You said to me before this,
0: we're seventh in the table going into the the World Cup break. If you'd said that at the start of the
1: season, would you have snatched my arm off, or would you be happy with where we are? Uh, I would have. T- I would have took seventh in the table going into the international break. You know, I think um, anyone at the club probably would. Bear in mind, we've got a new head coach. But a young team gelling together, new signings coming in, etc. etc. I think the signs have been really promising. Um and if you if you do what let's say commentary, who've won seven out of the last nine games and start, you know, it's just that we've gone the other way. You know, we've gone from top of the table, which I listen, I take no notice of at all after 14 games. People say, Oh, we're top of the league. does not matter, it doesn't matter in October or early November. Um, So, yeah, we are where we are. Um, Disappointing the last couple of weeks, but it's not all doom and gloom. Break comes at a good time. We get on the training ground or whatever the boys are going to be doing. um, Get some key players back to where they need to be in fitness. We reset and we go again. We've nearly played everyone. I think there's only two teams we haven't played. Burnley, ironically, our next game, riding high, top of the table. And, um, And Preston, who we play. In a couple of weeks, um, once we once we get started back, then we'll have seen anything. I haven't seen anything in the league to 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 frighten me. I don't think there's a, a standout team. I think everyone's a, much to a muchness my um, muchness, and games will be decided with small things in in the game. Small things or big things in a, whether it's a set play, a moment of magic, uh, a magic, a mistake, a refereeing decision, that will separate. We've just got have I'm seeing anyone play us off apart yet. I haven't seen anyone hammer us, uh, so that, that, that gives us hope. I've seen us uh, go to certain places like Sheffield United and put in really good performances, keep clean sheets against them, beat good teams. So, you know, that fills me with optimism for the second half of the season. Let's counter that. We're on a blip. Let's hope it is a blip. You know, you read all sorts of things. Well, it's a blip, but it's this. Um, you've just got to come out that blip as soon as you possibly can. Regroup, refocus... And
0: uh, crack on. We mentioned the Birmingham City game is the start of what has been yeah. a blip. We went up to St Andrews on the Friday night, and things just didn't seem to go our way. We had yeah. Linda Dykes had a chance in the first half, could have, could have buried, could have been a different game. We obviously, missed a penalty late on. Injuries didn't go our way either, as well, which. Really had an impact on the game, and that has it then had a detrimental impact on the team
1: throughout right. the last you, few weeks you, isn't it you know what you've what you've said there covered that game you know uh, if anything could have gone wrong in that game it it went wrong you know we we go into the game I've already said on the crest of a wave, if you like you know we we take a huge following up there everyone's in great spirits, but we we fall behind um in the first five minutes from a set play second phase of the set play. Quite fortunate the goal, whether I think trust he's just holding it back into an area. I don't think he's he's going for goals and he's off his line, lobs in 1 0 down. Birmingham quite a very good defensively, well organised, you know. So to give them that start gave them something to cling on to. Um, Obviously, yeah. John Eustace as well. And yeah, Matt Gardner John, of John, you know, would have... Another thing to throw into the mix, yeah, wasn't it? he, he would have been desperate to win. And I thought on the night, Birmingham did what they did well. Very well, if that makes sense. You know, so we're a goal down. We're pushing without really creating too much. We go 2-0 down. We have a couple of injuries. You know, we lose a couple of players before half-time. Then we lose Stefan at half-time. Second half, we're doing the running without really threatening John Ruddy, if you like. Um, Then we get a lifeline, 12 minutes to go. You know, Cross comes in, Ethan Laird, high feet against him. And you think, go on, Lyndon, put this away because he scored his last two uh, very confidently. So he steps up uh, and you think, if this goes in, I know what St Andrews is like. Um, You know, it would have been a nervy place. Goals change games, goals change the mood in the stadium. And unfortunately, Linden, you know, where he's tucked the last two in, you know, he's just probably gone at a comfortable height for John Ruddy. He's read it uh, and he makes the save. And, you know, we talk about small margins, defining moments of the game. There was one, I think they should have been down to 10 men with half an hour to go. Now people might say, oh, come on, Andy, you're 2-0 down. Yeah, we're 2-0 down, but we're playing against 10 men for 34 minutes. That can make a difference. I um, thought the midfield player, but as soon as he committed his next foul, they they hauled them off. Um yeah, Hannibal. So, uh, so yeah, one of those, one of those games, Simon. That nothing went right, and we come away with nothing, frustrating and disappointing.
0: We then follow it up Norwich, yeah. with a trip to Norwich, and it almost was like we'd touched a corn. A- Gone around the corner a little bit. We turned the corner. Yeah. Well, I thought we go to Carrow Road, yeah,
1: and getting a good point. Yeah, I thought we went at Norwich. You know, on the back of a, a disappointing Friday night up in Birmingham. Norwich, good side. Uh, I know they were in a sticky patch of form themselves prior to that. But we've got some good players. I thought early in the game they they showed what a good side they were. Put us under the pump a little bit. Said he makes a couple of saves and Pookie hits the post. But we grew into the game. And I thought the longer the first half went on, um, we were the side that was knocking at the door. Second half, I thought it was even early doors. Chris comes on, you know, great to see him back. Hits the post, you know, again, we're talking about small margins that define games. Then later in the game, you know, Norwich, they're knocking out the door and hit the post with the last kick of the game from another set play that we didn't defend particularly well. But you know what? I thought on the night it was a really good game for a 0-0. You know, normally a 0-0, balls the pants off you. That was a really good, exciting game. I thought we were excellent without the ball if that makes sense, you know, our our shape and you know, you can hear the Norwich crowd getting a bit frustrated because there was no way through us and that shows, you know, what a what a good side we we are and can be and will be again. Um so we walk away from Norwich with a with a I thought was a really a really good point and you're looking at the games to come and you think, right, come on. You know, we've got a couple of games where you're playing teams who are struggling a bit but you'll hear me say and some people might disagree or laugh and, you know, you. I I have I have a thing where people say, oh, well, we're playing against the bottom two in the next two games at home. It's going to be easy. Simon, there's no easy games at this level as it proved. You mentioned Chris Willock
0: coming back against Norwich. You hit the post almost straight away. It gave a lift to the, the away crowd in the corner at Carrow Road. But is it harsh to say that perhaps he's not to the fitness levels that he was pre his injury he may be I was watching it as a fan in the well working in the press box or at Coventry as a fan and he seems to not want to take a risk and sort of re- have that reoccurring injury that we know he struggled with over the last few months well
1: I think that's fair you know in watching him because I think the same uh, but I'm going to I'm going to say you know Chris for one is um but I don't think there's any. I'm not hiding anything. You know, I'm a big fan of Chris. So you've only got to listen to me on the commentary. You know what a what a, a terrific talent he is, how influential he is on the team, uh, what a bright future he's got ahead of him. Um, but let's not hide behind that. Chris had a bad injury um, that he sustained at Nuts Forest at the end of last season. You know, he's out for a long period of time. He comes back at the start of the season, and you know he's exceptional. You know some of the goals he scores and his performances. But then he breaks down again. Um, but that can play, I wouldn't say tricks with you a little bit, but you, you're starting to maybe doubt the injury, you're starting to doubt yourself to a degree, um, and that can just affect you a little bit. Bear in mind, Chris is still a young player. If you look at his games, he's still relatively inexperienced, if you like. you know. So uh, so I don't think we should be too hard on with Chris, and I don't think we should be expecting too much of him too soon. You know, again coming back to the break, I think it'll do us and people like Chris the world the good, you know, because he can just initially take a little breather, assess where he is, both in terms of uh, his injury, sight, the fitness levels, what he needs to do, so that when he comes back in uh, early December or December the twelfth or thirteenth, whenever it is, tenth, um, eleventh, lost with the dates. Um, you know, Chris is back to where he needs to be. He wants to be. And we need and want him to be, you know, because the lad's a great talent. He's a super lad, and he's, you know, we need him fit. We need him firing, and we need a, you know, for the remainder of the season, we need to, to make sure Chris is as well. So, yeah, hear what you're saying, and yeah, just looks like he's, I thought he looked a bit frustrated with himself on Saturday, not with himself just themselves, but with the the team and the way we played, etc, etc. But Chris and the rest of the boys, regroup, reset, and let's go again. So we wrapped up uh
0: first half of the season, is that correct? Here at Loftus Road with West Brom at home, Huddersfield at home here. Obviously, similar games, but also very difficult, challenging games because you're looking at the table, as you mentioned, West Brom, yeah. Huddersfield, both at the bottom. But they both, Huddersfield were in the player final last year, West Brom were in the Premier League a couple of years ago, they still have very good squads and
1: it was a challenge and a test for us that we basically come unstuck against. 100%, you know, um, it's not. this is not me being clever after the event, if you looked at any of my interviews or programme notes or previews of the game prior to West Brom, I'm sort of scratching my head because I look at West Brom's squad and I go, how are they second bomb? not the second bomb because of their results, but if you look at their squad there was a period of in the season where they're probably going to click a new manager comes in normally get a bounce and I think we saw that you know I thought they against us started the better of the team so in 20 minutes I thought they were the better side but then it was a really even game that wasn't matching it to be fair and disappointingly it was decided on a set play you know we had opportunities where our ball into the box on the day wasn't as good as it could be they had one free kick. John Swift puts it into a brilliant area, and Carl Bartley, you know, five years out, really goes and attacks it, gets his head on it, puts it in the back of there, and that's the difference in in that game, you know. So, uh, so yeah, we were disappointed again. Another big crowd, fans playing their part brilliantly, but uh, did we do enough on that day to win the game? Probably not. Um, so you put that one to one side. You analyze it. You you don't over egg it if you like, but you you know there's areas that you're gonna have to be better at. And the beauty of football is there's another game. That game was coming against Huddersfield. And uh, we saw what happened then. <laughs> it was a
0: very different game, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was it was a was, very yeah. strange game. We couldn't we were knocking at the door but yeah, simply didn't
1: you know do enough did we? Really strange game because um well, we should be one down after 30 seconds. Uh, you know, Danny Ward's clean through uh, out here. Uh, Seni one on one. So this is 30 seconds into the game, so a really poor start. A minute later, we're at the other end and a really good team goal where chair and par and will combined and Lyndon Banks gets what I say is a proper centre forwards goal. You know, between the post, six yards out, five yards out, uh, tap in. Looks a great. It looks a simple finish, but it's a great team move. So you're thinking, okay, great, you know. This is a
0: superstition of mine or my family's. <laughs> if we score early in a game, does it have an impact on the game as much as you may think? Does it change the emphasis <laughs> into the teams? Then you one you up early on, tend to sit back and they come out at you. What's the?
1: It shouldn't do, but it can do, and often it does. So there's three, three answers all in one. You know, um, I didn't think it did against Huddersfield. What I think we were guilty against Huddersfield was not defending our box and not defending set plays uh very well because after having gone a goal up you're thinking, Okay, right, let's kick on boys. Um, but we we give a soft, yeah, very soft set play away and you know, it's, again it's the second phase, it's not the first contact, it's the second one. Ruffles puts it in the top corner, uh, which is disappointing and 15 minutes later, we concede another one from a set play, a little bit of fortune attached to it, but it's still from a set play. So that's something we look at. Uh, someone asked me about set plays the other day, you know, what type of work is done. You can do all the, the analysis, you can do all the planning, you can give players instructions, you can work on the grass on a Friday, as I'm sure the, 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 the team do. Once the players are out there, they've got a responsibility. They'll be given jobs to do. Um, And if you don't do them, you'll come unstuck. um, And if you're coaches and you've done all that work and all that organisation and all that due diligence and all that organisation and you're still getting punished, sometimes as coaches you can go, we've done all we can. That's now on the players. And I feel the Huddersfield game, as well as other games, uh, we didn't defend our box well enough. We didn't defend set plays well enough. And ultimately that's what cost us. But what a strange game because the second half... I think it was camped in one half. I think we had possession stats that were through the roof. I think we had numerous shots, whether they were on long distance or or close by. But we didn't score. Um, and we go away really disappointed. Uh, because I've said not to look at details, but a lot of people would go away thinking we've lost to the team who were 23rd on Saturday. And we've lost to the team who were 24th today. And that's made that made that four days really really Mm -hmm. disappointing but uh, but yeah but it just shows you the championship if you're slightly off the time um, in terms of one player the way you play with the ball or without the ball don't pick up from set plays you'll come unstuck that's what makes the championship in my opinion so good so great anyone can beat anyone on any given day and we've come unstuck
0: we then head to Coventry and it was sort of <clears throat> summed up how we've been feeling for the last few weeks, isn't it? We again didn't look really like scoring. Is that fair to say? We had I know Rob Dickey had that effort that the keeper yeah. did well to tip away, but it, it's a half chance, isn't it? Really, yeah. if that goes in, great. But it didn't. We didn't really look like the QPR we have looked like for the last few weeks. We? Again, fair to say,
1: you know we've we've got a uh, three thousand six hundred fans there. We've got. Um, various people watching on the stream but I think we all are of the same opinion you know we, we were below par I think we are second best on the day I think we came up against the team who were banging for. you know just won three in a row prior to playing us now four in a row uh, won seven out of the last nine um, you could feel the energy in their team you could feel the energy within the stadium um, and on the day they were, they were better than us it's not an excuse but going into the game for a For a squad like ours, you know, without Balogun, without Roberts, without Paul, without Johansson, without Iribunem. You know, that's not excuses, that's fact. And every team's got to cope with that. Um, But yeah, so that didn't help us on the day. I felt we came up against the team who were, as I've already said, full of confidence, energy. And come up against the striker that I've liked for a a couple of seasons. And I think he's one of the best in the league. Doesn't just get goals, he's mobility. I'm talking about Yikaris, who scored two, and bar barring a great save, re- reflex save, reaction save from Senny, would have walked away with a hat-trick, um, so yeah, again, disappointing, you know, our fans would have been disappointed with the performance, that's our last five games in a nutshell, you know, one point from five games, one goal from five games, that's... That's not hide behind the fat. That's that, that. That's not good. That's not what we want. That's not where we need to be. But I said it two or three times now Use the break, reset, reevaluate. Um, look where we are, and it comes back to where we are. Let's have a bit of perspective. You've asked me the question. If you had a, said you'd be seventh going in, in an international break when we start the season, I would have said, "Yeah, you're a fan." Would you have took that?
0: I think so. we had a tough start as well, didn't yeah. we? The first oh. few games we didn't get a result at Blackburn and then we sort of, it was hit and miss, wasn't it, for a while. But we had a period where we were top, I suppose. If you look back into October, you look at the table, we were top. So there's an argument for both sides. Yeah. Why, why are we not still
1: top? Because yeah, yeah. every fan wants us to be, that's what yeah. you want to be, course isn't course it? You do. But of course you do. I think you, you mentioned the start, you know, we've played at uh, the top 11 away. Uh, but we've had some terrific performance, both home and away. Um, we've just had some bad ones in the last few weeks um, which is probably what everyone will focus on now but let stress about what we're good at how can we improve and we we look at the second half of the season we know exactly where we are we know what we need um, and what we have to do uh, and it will not be for the lack of trying but I, I I, think you know yeah I'm a bit down with the, the, the last couple of weeks and the last sort of five games in a, in a, in a cluster Uh, disappointed with, you know, the results and the points return we've got from them. But still, if we can get out of this, if, you know, big word, if we can get out of this, I'm really optimistic for the second half of the season because we've showed this is not me just talking, whatever. I don't think anyone would disagree with us where we've produced some really good performances. We look a really good team. We're packing this place out. You saw the reaction when mixed out. You can see the club moving in the right direction. So that's what I'm saying. Let's get some perspective here. Um, We've just got to park the last couple of weeks, if you like, because that's what it's been. Um, enjoy the break, enjoy the World Cup and come back and everyone get behind Rangers and let's see us push on. The perfect
0: way for me to link it into the World Cup break now. So attentions for us as football supporters, obviously turn to that. Straight off the bat, since who's going to win the World Cup? Oh, cheers, Simon.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? I think it's again in a, in a normal World Cup season, you would have done a lot of research. There would have been some friendlies leading up to the game. You know, the Premier League boys are just here on the radio. They've just flown in today. Uh, they play on. They play on Monday, don't they? You know, so it's it's a little bit.
0: Does that benefit England for example?
1: Well you can't use the, you know, sometimes we've gone into the tournaments with what we believe is a really good squad and we blame a long hard season and we're tired at the end of the season. Mm. So you can't have that this year, you know, we're banging the middle, players should be fighting fit, rearing to go. In answer to your question, who's gonna win it? I think as any one of six or seven, you know, I've got i I've got it written down, you know, you look at many people's favourites, Brazil and France. Argentina, you know, you've got to put England in the mix, even though going into the tournament, if you look at our last, I think we had not won for six games, um, you know, never write Germany off, you know, no matter what you think of them on paper or how their form is in a tournament, they always seem to, to do well. Belgium, probably the last chance of their golden generation, if you like, you know, uh, so they've got good players. Holland seem to be... On the up, so you know, and I know that sort of ties in with the bookies' favourites, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's wide open to be honest. What do you think if we isolated
0: England's chances? Obviously, someone that's represented England at a major tournament. What's your your
1: opinion? Well, first of all, any tournament and any team, you got to get out of the group. And I think I fully expect England to get out of the group. Um, once you get out in the group, whether you win it or come second, then you're, you're, you're plotting your pathway. I think we'll win the group. That's me being an England fan and very patriotic, I think, whether it should be the best team in the group. Um, so, you, so, you, so you're so you then looking where you might go. And if things pan out, you know, I think... I looked up the other day, you could meet France if everything goes in the quarter final. So I think we've, we've got the capabilities of... I'd be disappointed if we don't get the finals then... Anything can happen. It's like we're talking about QPR. Anything can happen. You know, you could lose two key players with injury. You could get a sending off that affects the game. That could be a horrendous mistake, etc., uh, uh, etc. Et so let's get out of the group. Let's see who we got. Then you're into tournament. Do you think we'll try tactically
0: like we've done in previous tournaments of, or so going into the last game, which is Wales, isn't it? Is our last group game? Well, Well. If we get a point here, we'll finish <laughs> second and we'll get an easier run to the final. We've done it in previous yeah. years and yeah. it's almost very worked, do you think? Yeah, well,
1: there was one tournament where it really opened up for us, Then we? We were on the, the right side of the draw, if that makes sense, and your passage couldn't be. Mm. Never easy, but probably the easiest you're going to get. Um, you know, The last two tournaments England have been in, you know, we've been knocking on the door. Croatia four years ago, you know, going one 0 up. You asked the question of it scoring early. You know, did that affect England? I think it did. The longer the game went, you almost try and protect what you've got. I think we missed an opportunity there against Croatia and certainly Italy in the in the in the Euros when we lost on penalties, we, we certainly missed an opportunity there. You know, again having gone ahead very early in the game. So, um how do we approach it? I would just like to see us get off the leash and go in go and attack you know the England squad I was looking forward to seeing who was going to be in I had my own sort of thoughts and I don't go too far away from what's being picked I think there's a debate about two of the strikers um, but yeah I'm pleased someone like James Madison in, I think that shows a little bit of, of intent I think we could score goals against teams
0: From a what? perspective it was disappointing not to see a Mentioned, But hopefully his time will come, won't it, at some point?
1: His time will come. You know, he, he had his injuries back playing. He's just got to play as well as he can week in, week out. And you know, I'm sure he'll be in the frame for, for, for tournaments to come. But, uh, but yeah, you know, England support. I haven't played for my country. I can't wait to, you know, England around next um Next Monday, I'll be there cheering the boys on. But uh, so England for me are one of the teams you would have to put in the mix. But all depends.
0: And of course, we have our very own Ilias Chair and Seni Yang who are on the plane to Qatar probably as we speak. What what's going through their minds? Obviously, someone that played for England, played at, at Euro '92. So, what's Ilias thinking? What's Seni thinking? Is there? Well, first of all, I think
1: I speak for everyone at the club and all our fans. You know, we're delighted for those two guys, you know, that represent us and represent us so well, Um, you know, Seni part of the Senegal team that did so well last year in the African Nations Cup, Ilias, you know, his team will will be seen as a real outsider, but you know, what a, what an opportunity, what a, what an achievement for, for two players, you know, because as kids you grow up and you you dream of certain things happening in your, your life and your football career and, you know, when they become footballers and make their way into professional footballers, you know, sure, they'll have dreamt of moments like this, of getting on the plane and representing their country. So, delighted for them. What will they be thinking? They'll just be delighted the World Cup's now here. You know, they'll be thinking of long and hard. First of all, am I going to get in the squad? Once they are, when it comes, let's get there and let's get get started. Because the waiting can be the hard part. So, they'll be pleased it's just round the corner. Um I wish them well, you know, I hope they go and have a really super World Cup for them. But above all else I hope they come back to us whenever they come back, fit and rearing to go to kick to help kick us on in the second half of the season. But no we you know, we wish them well. And someone we just wanted to have a
0: special mention for was Tyler Roberts, yeah. wasn't it? Very unfortunate the way his injury came about and of course that meant he was misses out on the the Wales squad that he potentially would have been
1: Part of. Yeah, you feel for Tyler. Um, you know, it's a big moment in his in his career. The World Cup comes around every four years, you know. Uh, fortunately, he's young enough; he's got time on his side, and hopefully, with his form and that of his teammates, there'll be another opportunity. But uh, Tyler's with us. He picked up an injury at Birmingham. Not quite sure myself the the actual extent of it, but certainly it's been a big uh, contributory factor on why he's not going to the World Cup with his with his country, wells But uh, but no. Tyler is our player, just need to gather around him and uh, he needs to use the break to get himself fit and come and show everyone here what he can do because uh, he's he's really talented, he's a really talented player, come and show everyone what he can do and again, just like Senny and um, Ilias, help us to get to where we want to get to.
0: And of course, it's in Qatar, so we mm. while we sat in November we <laughs> were talking about... Uh, hotter than here. Yeah. <laughs> How much of an impact is that going to have? The conditions, the environment over there, the heat, the intensity? Is it, we're going to be sat here in jumpers, in pubs, boiling hot rather than in fan parks like we would be normally in the summer. But as a player, is that going to benefit a, an African side, a Senegal, for example, that may be more used to that condition compared to England and the Premier League? Yeah,
1: possibly, Simon. You know, um, you know, there's all that you take into consideration. Um, you know, the environment, the... The, the smallness of where the World Cup's taken place you know, I think there's only six, seven, eight stadium. normally you're all over the country aren't you sometimes you've got to fly to different venues this one it's, a, it's pretty much a bus ride you know I'm intrigued how it's going to play out you know all the fans converging it, uh, it's going to take some organisation but I think once the, the first week gets out of the way um, I think it'll be a wonderful World Cup I really really do um we hope England do well, but we hope we see some really brilliant football. I mentioned memories I still hold dear and still are really vivid for you know, let's hope the football that we we watch over the next six weeks or so can can inspire youngsters to uh, to emulate what they've just watched going to go and practice in the fields and at their clubs and at the in the playground, etc. etc. Let's hope those names roll off the tongue that excite you and do well and uh, Let's hope it's a great spectacle of football. You
0: cleverly diverted my question about who will win the World Cup, so <laughs> I'll, throw that you, that. I'll throw you on the spot again. <laughs> Who's going to be the top goal scorer?
1: Well, I think the top goal, a golden boot winner, is probably unless there's a freak result where someone scores four or five in one game early on. I think the top goal scorer has got to be part of a country that goes deep into the tournament. So you look at some of the teams that I've mentioned, you know, you look at Brazil if they go deep i think Neymar's going to have to come to the party for them um yeah you know, wonderful player France you know one four years ago you know Benzema's had a wonderful 18 months or so Mbappe what a player he is still only 23 uh you know so there's there's two that could figure in that Argentina with Messi you know it's never really happened for for him in major tournaments is this is swan song where he really Takes the stage by storm and shows what uh, arguably one of the best players the planet's ever seen is. Um, Harry Kane will be up there, you know, because uh, with Harry and Messi, they both take penalties and free kicks, so that might that might come into it. You know, Belgium, Lukaku, whatever people might think, you know, in, in that team with the likes of De Bruyne and that supplying him, he's got a chance of scoring goals. So. uh I'm not going to tell you who's going to win it, but I'm going to say uh, Harry Kane to be the the, the the golden boot winner. So that tells you, I think England hopefully i will go far. <laughs> what a question! Who's going to win the world? Who's going to win the World Cup, Simon? I'll be wearing my Three
0: Lions shirt. I'll yeah. be. You think we can do it with a beer in hand? I'll be saying yes. It'll it's, be England it's, that it's win. It's yeah,
1: coming home. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be singing that song and
0: yeah. You know, yeah. Good stuff. Andy, well, thank you as always. It's Absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for joining me, and hopefully England do get the victory that everyone finally wants after all these years of of hurt, as the song goes. <laughs> um, but otherwise, we'll see you back here at Loftus Road for the the Burnley game.
1: Look forward we... to it. Look forward to it. Just like to say to all our fans who are listening, in, you know, enjoy the enjoy the break, enjoy the World Cup. Thanks for your incredible support. You know, you've given the team um, over recent months. And I'd just like to say when we do start back, we're going to need you as much as we have ever needed you before. If we're going to achieve what we want to achieve as a club, we do it together with what's happening on the pitch, what's happening, what happens off the pitch, and certainly the fans are going to be huge. So uh, thanks for your support, guys, and enjoy your break.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Andy, and thanks, everyone, and we'll see you soon.